Would you like to be happier? Would you like to have a stronger marriage? Would you enjoy having a better relationship with your children, your parents, your siblings, your friends, the people that you work with? Wouldn't we all? In a world where we have everything at our fingertips, have more wealth than can be imagined, and are protected by many devices, God has been replaced. People are experiencing loneliness, stress, depression, and a host of many other mental illnesses. The temperature of the world continues to rise as people try to figure out what to do about climate change. Crime continues to rise as people spread further and further apart to keep themselves from harm. What if the answer to all these concerns is God? Join me on this podcast as I journey through a passage that has shaped the life of my wife and me. Psalm 127. This passage holds the keys to what ails the world. I absolutely believe it. Join me in this podcast as we journey together talking about life, love, work, play, all of it, just to figure out if God is really the most important thing in our lives. Well, hello. This is Alan Getty. I'm your host for this podcast, Unless the Lord. That was a weird intro, I'm sure. So, um, yeah, awesome week this week. Yesterday, my book, Unless the Lord, by me, uh, is now published audiobook on Audible, Amazon, Apple Books, anywhere you get an Audible book, it is available. So, very, very excited about that, and we'll be uh, making some some uh, announcements on Facebook, doing some other things, have kind of a marketing campaign that I'm going to be doing with the audiobook. So be watching for that. Think about uh, if you have somebody who maybe didn't read, but they were, um, uh, maybe you'd think they'd, they'd like my book. What's my book about? Well, Unless the Lord is a book about um, learning to trust the Lord um, through the through Psalm 127, which is my life passage, and uh, what you know, what can it? Well, it's a lot of hunting stories. So if you if you don't like hunting, you might not like my book. But they're still pretty cool stories, uh, some fun stories in there. So uh, anyway, be thinking: uh, Is there somebody who might want? an audio book. Maybe it'll change their lives and you know they wouldn't read a book. So here you go. Audio version is now available. Uh, this has been a busy week. I did three trips, bus bus trips this week. So um, you know that uh, I'm doing, uh, you've, if you've listened long enough, you know that I'm, I'm doing bus, activity bus drives for sports teams. So this week I did uh, t- three trips and two different basketball teams. It was a lot of fun. I always enjoy it. You know, the kids are fun. Coaches are fun to, to get to know. And so really good time this week doing that. And then I come to the weekend and tomorrow is a big, big day. Tomorrow is my wife's 50th birthday. And I was thinking about that. You know, she's 50 years old. I have known her for 35 of those years. I have been married to her for 31 of those years. Or 32. 31. Yeah. (laughs) (coughs) Yes, 31 of those years going on 32. And I think I wanted to talk today about 
what it means. How do you, you know, I see a lot of couples. I, I, I meet with a lot of couples and, um, I, I'm not perfect by any means, but I have been with my wife for 31 years. I still love the holy bejeebers out of that woman. I still want to make her happy. I still want to have sex with her. I still think she's sexy and beautiful. I love everything about her. And I think, how come people can't do that? What's wrong with them? Uh, and I get it. I mean, I've, I'm not, again, I'm not perfect. We all make mistakes. We all make decisions. But I just, as I was thinking about that, as I was thinking about, I have been her with her for 31 years and I absolutely still love her. I absolutely still uh, want to be with her. I want her to want me. And I thought, well, what, what did we do? Because... Um, as I talk to married couples and, and I've talked to struggling people in their marriages and seen people get divorced, um, you know, they, there's certain aspects where I'm like, yeah, but come on, um, you can do this. So today I just wanted to talk about things that I've done that I think have helped um, for Tamara and I to be together 31 years and still be madly in love. I'm looking at our life, um, getting old together and sitting on the front porch, eating chicken and watching the news and, and sitting next to each other. Um, much like uh, when I told you about um, Charles Walker uh, up in the mountains and I walked into his house and there was him and his wife sitting side by side watching the college football game. And I thought, that's what I want. That's what I want. So what are the steps that I've taken? What have I done? What are some key things that I think all of us can do to say, I'm going to stay in this. I'm going to remain in this. Uh, the first thing is the decision, right? I think, first of all, before you can do anything else, you have to make that decision. Don't ever get the idea that there's something better out there. Uh, the grass is not greener. And I hate, to, I hate to be a downer. And it's not that I've met people that have gotten divorced and gotten remarried and have stayed married and their marriage is good. It's just that even that marriage had a lot of work to do to get to that point. Because if, if your marriage is, is not what you want, chances are you're the problem. So make a choice to remain and make yourself better. So... I, I, like I said, I'm not perfect. So it was probably, whew, it was a while ago, I'd say, um, and I can't remember when, but it was 10 to 15 years ago when uh, my wife uh, and I were out to dinner and she looked me at the in the face and said, you're a really good friend. You're my best friend. You're an amazing dad. You're kind of a horrible husband. And I remember thinking in my head, like, that's wrong. I'm a good husband. And through the process, we, we kind of had some discussions about, uh, well, I started thinking, like, what, what am I doing in my life to be a better husband? And um, I thought about how often I read books on children's ministry, how often I read books on 
hunting or, or articles on hunting. And then I thought, how often do I read a book or read articles about how to be a good husband, how to be, how to have a good marriage? And the answer was zero. And immediately I said, okay, I want to do something about that. So I started reading books. I started making myself a better husband. Am I perfect? Heck no. I still fail at a lot. But am I better? Yeah, I am a lot better. And I don't think that if you went to my wife today and said, how is... Is Alan a good husband? She would say, yeah, he's a good husband. I don't think there would be any doubts about that. So, I, I, you know, the first thing is to say you're going to remain and to do the work to get there. We do the work to keep our jobs. We do the work, if, if you're a hunter like me, you do the work to study terrain and figure out where the elk are going to be or where the deer are going to be. You go out and you spend hours on your feet tiring your body and beating yourself up to make yourself a better hunter and to get those animals. Why do we do that and why wouldn't we spend that time focusing on our wife or our husband and making sure that we're doing the things that help them? I was thinking about that as I got uh, as it was time for, for birthday presents and I have been listening been paying attention and it's really hard to buy presents for my wife because she has everything and if she wants it she can just go buy it and I would say that I'm the same way but but I've been paying good attention what do are the things that that maybe she wants and I think I've done a good job because I've paid attention Um, so all that to say you you have to decide that this is what you want to do. And I don't think you should have a choice. If you've chosen to get married, the decision should be to stay. Work as hard as you can to stay in that relationship. Do everything you can to be the best husband or wife you can be so that that relationship stays strong and healthy. Now, I'm not telling you to remain in an abusive relationship. If your relationship is abusive, okay. You know, that sometimes marriages need to dissolve because sometimes people are abusive. All I'm telling you is, if, if that's not the case, do everything you can. Become re-attracted to your partner. I've heard people say, I'm just not attracted to them anymore. Well, I'm going to talk about that right now. So, um, how do you remain attracted to somebody? And, and look, I, I'm no prize here, you know, so I, I have to always look at that, but... Uh, I don't know how my wife remains attracted to me. Let me see. I'm, I'm bald. I'm hairy. I'm overweight. Uh, it's not like I, I, I make, you know, millions of dollars per year. Uh, I'm, I'm not particularly handy, uh, with, with woodworking. So I'm not really good at outside work. Uh, I, I can keep a clean house and I can cook a little, but in the end, I'm no prize. I, I get that. I'm, I'm a nice guy. Uh, so I guess I got that going for me and, uh, I do pay attention to my wife and I try my best to, um, to meet all of her needs. But, um, in the end, I'm no prize. And I think it's important, uh, when we're talking about this next issue, you know, how do you stay attracted to your spouse? Well, a couple things. One is don't compare your spouse to the world around you. 
the first thing I think that gets us in trouble is we begin to look at other people, other things, and we say, well, look at them. They're better. They're this. They're that. They're richer. They have uh, a different hair color. All those things start coming into play, and especially with guys, I think we look at bodies and we look at things, and it begins to attract us. It was an interesting study done on attraction. I thought this was crazy, and my buddy who has another podcast, um, he talked about it, and he said the science says that um, you will stay attracted to your partner and the changes that they go through if you stay attracted, if you make that a point. So in other words, uh, let me tell you some of the things I do because I feel like maybe I'm beating around a bush. Here are some things I do. Uh, If there is a scene in a movie where two people are going to have, uh, uh, what do I call it, Uh, Hollywood sex, right? They're going to, first of all, somebody's going to get naked that um, has a Hollywood body and then they're going to have sex spontaneously on a boat or in a car or in a really swanky hotel room that I couldn't afford and they're going to do this and it's it's going to be passionate and it's going to be hot and it's going to be heavy. I I don't watch those things. I don't watch them. Because guess what? That's not real. You know, my body doesn't look like that. My wife's body doesn't look like that and I don't want to find my my mind moving towards that attractiveness. So I I um I don't watch that stuff. Uh I know. I know a lot of people think I'm weird, but I don't watch I don't watch those things. I don't I don't pay attention to those things. And then also um I avert my eyes. The Bible says to avert your eyes and I do it. And um people think I'm weird, but I'm like Look, my eyes are still male eyes. So there are people walking around all the time and there are things that that still draw my eyes even as a 51-year-old man and I avert my eyes. I do everything in my power to avert my eyes. If I catch them going, I look back. Um and and then finally and even and even maybe even more important is to is to I um I am unabashedly complimentary of my wife and the way that she looks and how much I love her. And I do love her and I am super attracted to her. But I think that, that, um, and I don't know, I, I can't, I can't say that I've like ever lost that attraction, but I think that one of the things that I've done in my life is I have said, I'm going to remain. I love her and I'm going to let her know. I am going to let her know that I am attracted to her in, in all the right ways. Um, and I, so I think that, that those are two things that I do. For I'm a, I remain and I make sure that, that I, the grass is not greener. So I'm not going to look at other women. I'm not going to watch those other things so that my attraction stays where it's supposed to be. Third. Third, um, I'm going to make her second. This probably should have been first, but it, it, there you go. It's, it's, it's third. Uh, I'm going to make her second. What does that mean? It means that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be godly. I'm going to make God first. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to go to church. 
I'm going to set my mind on things above and I'm going to do that unabashedly. I'm going to make sure that I'm doing that. Um, And it's important that I'm doing that, not because uh, it's going to make me a better person, but what it does, but more than anything, it's because it puts people in the right order. My wife should not be first. Uh, I should make God first. But in making God first, I make my wife second. She's the first thing in this world. And I think in the, in the scheme of things, uh, I think we do make a lot of things. We, we put a lot of things over our wives, um, especially when they appeal to us. Um, what am I, what am I saying? I've struggled with this in the past. Um, I've struggled with the idea that, um, I would rather sit and watch hunting videos than talk to my wife. I've struggled with the fact that I wanted to have my mind wander to the next uh, hunt or the next thing uh, rather than spend time with my wife and be focused on her. Uh, And so uh, I think it's really important that we make our wives or our husbands second. They're the second thing. And, And wives, this becomes a struggle when you have children because children require so much of you that all of a sudden you you have to focus on them. And that focus, of course, then takes your focus off of your husband. You make your children a priority. Your husband doesn't feel like a priority. Men, we do this with a lot of things. Women have one thing, children. Men, we make work our priority. We make our vehicles our priority. We make our recreation our priority. I have hunting, but, but I know guys who golf. I know guys who... Uh, watch sports, who are really into college sports. All of those things are great and there's nothing wrong with them. But here's the deal. If they take priority over your wife, that's wrong. If they take priority over God, that's wrong. So make your wife, make your husband second. God first, spouse second, children third. And uh, I don't think that I'm, I'm, I am saying anything that, uh, that is uh, that anybody would disagree with. Uh, anyway, so you've got to choose to remain. In other words, saying this is this is who I'm with. This is who I'm going to be with the rest of my life. Choose to be attracted. I know that sounds weird, but that's kind of what I was trying to say. Is that there's a lot of other things I could be attracted to, but I choose to be attracted to my wife, and I think she chooses to be attracted to me. I'm no prize and I don't want to think I am because if I think I'm a prize, then I think I deserve certain behaviors or certain things. And that's just not true. So I'm going to remain attracted. I'm going to make sure that I am attracted to my wife and I'm going to be, I'm going to choose to be. And then third, I'm going to choose to put my wife or my spouse second. And uh, that means God's first spouse is second. Okay. Number four on this list. Um, is something that um, I was thinking about this this week as Tamara is turning 50 and I'm 51. And uh, Is that you allow the stages of life to happen amidst remaining together. So there are a lot of different stages in life. And uh, those of you who are young and <clears throat> uh, the stage you're in is is that you're, um, you're, you're fired up, you're ready to go, you got tons of energy. Maybe you have young kids at home and, and you don't have tons of energy, but, but there's, it's different. You feel 
there's a vibrancy to your life and you have this future to look forward to. Um, Tamara and I are in a stage of life where, where, and this isn't a bad thing. And I, I, I really try to try to be, but you know, a lot of people in our, our age would start having a midlife crisis and I'm not going to deny that there are sometimes I think I do. Uh, I've talked to you guys many times about my trucks. And so, uh, you know, I, I don't know why I think I'm 51. I deserve to have this brand new fancy truck. It's so weird that that pops into my head, but I think we're in a midlife crisis. Uh, well, we could be in a midlife crisis. That's where we're at in our life. But I think the way you avoid that is that you look at the life that you're in. And again, talking about unless the Lord you go, yeah, but God is good. God has blessed us. God is amazing. So if I'm making God first, making my wife second, then the midlife crisis won't be a problem. So what am I saying? You have young children at home. What's that stage look like for you? What, what are the challenges? What are the, the blessings? You know, and, and I can't wait to enter a stage in my life where my wife and I are just hanging out together and enjoying life together and we don't have to worry about work. But that's still not there yet. But I don't, I don't look at my life in the stages and go, oh, this stage stinks or I'm tired or, man, I wish I had more energy or all of those things. I think that we have to live our life in these stages and, and accept them and be, be blessed by them. So whatever stage of life you're in, be blessed by that. And know that God has a future. Uh, yesterday, my, my son and I were talking about Jeremiah 29, 11. God, um, um, he wants you, to, he has a hope and a future for your life. And, and what, a, what an amazing concept that God knows our future and knows what, what we want to do and will actually give us what we want. That is incredible everybody. And we need to be realizing that. All right. So, um, I know I've kind of gone off the rails a little bit today. I hope that's okay with you. So here's, here's just what, where I'm at with this is guys, I know a lot of people who choose to get married and get divorced. I know a lot of people who, who have, who remain in marriages that, that they shouldn't remain in. But, but I'll tell you what, I think that when I, when I see couples that are struggling, uh, and I've talked about this before, it's not an immediate thing. It's not like all of a sudden, I'm not happy. All of a sudden, they're not attractive. It is a, uh, I think it was um, third day, or casting crowns. It was casting crowns. Had a song, and I think it was like slow, it was a slow, slow slide or something like that. I wish I would have looked it up. It just popped into my head. But our, our lives, uh, they are not immediate reactions to, to situations that put us where we are. They are long, drawn-out decisions made over and over and over again that get us to where we are. When people say, I don't love my, my spouse anymore, that was not a decision that was made yesterday. That was a long process. That was a process of too many fights. That was a process of not enough love. That was a process of falling out of love. And it's a slow process. It doesn't happen overnight. The same is true to being in love. Sure, 
obviously, there is an attraction that happens immediately. We call that lust. Um, we call that whatever you want to call it, young love, whatever that is, there is an attraction and, a, and that is how God made us. But as we remain married and as we do what we're supposed to do, um, it is a long process and it is steps daily, every day, making steps to say, this is what I want in life. This is who I want to be with in life. It doesn't happen overnight. You're not going to be like, you're not going to all of a sudden wake up and go, oh, that's it. I want to get a divorce. No, it's, oh my gosh, it, nobody, that doesn't, that's not how it works. So make sure you're doing the things that will help you remain in your marriage and help you remain in, in the life you want to be in. You, you can, guys, I don't know how to explain, I, I don't know how to say this. Um, but I've, I've done enough research to know it to be true that if you continue to do these things, to, to say you're going to remain, to work on being attracted to your spouse, to not look other places and to make God first and your spouse second, here's what's going to happen you are going to continue to love your spouse. Not just love, but fall in love. You are going to make that decision. It is a decision. Love is an action and decision, and it requires a lot of work. But if you do those things, you will remain in love. You will never come to a situation where you're like, well, I just don't love that person anymore. It doesn't happen. And I know some of you are, I'm sure there's somebody out there who's like, well, it happened to me. I would hazard to guess that there were things that happened over time that made that happen. And guys, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not encouraging people to remain in abusive relationships. I'm just saying, uh, most people get divorced. It's not abusive. Most, most people fall out of love, not because their spouse abuses them or their spouse is a terrible person. Most of the time, it's just a long, drawn-out process of not doing the things that will help you remain in love. So, why did I talk about this today? Well, my wife's turning 50. I'm excited about that. I'm excited that I'm here to be with her on her 50th birthday, even though she doesn't want a big birthday party and she doesn't want all the, the hoopla. Yeah, I'm going to get her an ice cream cake and we're going to cook her a roast and we're going to spend all day together with her except for her church. Uh, we're going to spend all day together um, after church. I'm not going to make any plans to go do crazy stuff. It's about her. And um, we're going to go out tonight and have a date. And um, we're going to enjoy each other's company this evening. And we're going to enjoy each other tomorrow. Because, because guess what? In the end, I love her. And that is not something that just happens. I have worked hard at it and she has worked hard at it. So I tell you that today to go where you are, wherever you are in your relationship journey. If you've been married five years, you've, you're not married. You've been married two years. You've been married 10 years. You've been married 30. You've been married 50. That first of all, if you've been married 50, I'm probably not surprising you with some of this stuff. 
take the time to really make it important to be attracted to your spouse, to make your spouse second, and to make God first, and to love them and to focus on them. Guys, we have so many things that get in the way of our focus on God and our loved one. Let's make them the focus, God and then our spouse. All right, guys, talk to you next week uh, and have a great week. Remember, my audiobook is out. You can get it at Audible, you can get it at iBooks and Amazon, which really just takes you back to Audible. So, all right, guys, have a great week. Love you. Thanks.